You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch, and this is episode 99, John. Ooh, getting exciting. So, uh, for a very span, we have two guests with us this week, uh, other podcasters on the Geekly Radio Network. Aaron. Hello. And Daniel. Hi. Okay. So uh, we're going to be celebrating this one by kind of doing a movie review like we've done for the last what two podcasts. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a movie review of a certain type of movie, which is kind of going to be a spinoff for a new show that we're going to do on the Geekly Radio. It's going to be a... Uh, it's essentially a bad movie review uh, video cast. Good bad movies? Sure. <laughs> They're good to somebody. I'm going to say this first one we're going to talk about is not good to, good to me. I, I, how do you feel about the, about the Room, Aaron? I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I know. How many times have you watched it now? 19 now. 19. Because we just got done watching it. Daniel, how many times have you watched this movie all the way through? I thought tonight would be my third time. Oh wow! This is in the same year. This is just getting Whoa. insane. You people are nuts. John, how many times have you watched it? Uh, all the way through. This would be my second time finishing it. That is okay. Yeah, it's second. My second time watching it all the way through. So and he loved it. I did not love it. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, but before we get to that, we will want to talk about some geek news first. Uh, John, what did you want to talk about this week? Uh, Pet Cemetery trailer just came out. So okay, what was it about the Pet Cemetery trailer that you know really stuck out to you? Uh, it looks intense. It's like camping? Some, it's got some. No, not even like just everything <laughs> in it just seems so much more heightened than the original. Really? Yeah, like the trucks seem like they're speeding down even more furiously than in the original movie. <laughs> And, like, the pets coming back look even more, like, twisted and sinister looking. I mean, I have to say, when I first saw the, the kids with the drums and wearing the animal masks, that I was like, okay, this movie's a little too much for me. It's a little too freaky. Like, the kids in the animal masks are just creepy as fuck, so. Well, that's completely, like, new, too, because that definitely didn't happen in the original. Like, you never saw any kids burying anyone in the pet cemetery or anything like that. That was all just talked about in like exposition scenes and here it looks like they're actually going to have like flashbacks or cut to like times when they're actually doing it so that's kind of weird and yeah i don't like the it, the masks are really unnecessary I mean, <laughs> you're, you're already doing something kind of morbid with children and just adding creepy homemade paper mache masks on top of it yeah that's a bit much for sure <laughs> what'd you think of it aaron i thought it was i thought it looked interesting uh definitely looks 
like you said, a little more intense than the original movie. I'm, I'll, I'll see it. Were you a, a big fan of the original movie? I mean, I watched it. I wouldn't consider myself a fan. I mean, I'm, I'm probably not going to go see this in the theater. <laughs> I remember. I mean, I remember watching it too, and I think, I think it's it's probably one of the few things that I remember the, the the guy who plays the old man. He's also Herman Munster and yeah. and the judge and Is it Fred Gwynn. Fred mm-hmm. Gwynn, thank you. Yeah, the judge and my cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. But other the than that, Utes. the rest of the, what? The two Utes. The two Utes. That's right. And he was one of the cops in Car Fifty Four. Where are you? Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's a that was a long time ago too. Yes, it was. Um, but the the kid, the kid in in the original movie. I I know he went on to do uh, was it Freddy's New Nightmare, and yeah. he also Miko was Hughes, Nico Hughes, Miko Hughes. Miko, and he, he and he did a lot of episodes of Full House, mm-hmm. but the kid they got to play the the role in this one Gage, his name oh the kid's name is Gage yeah, uh the 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 little kid that they got to play him looks like a clone of him looks like he like it's his son or something it, yeah it looks like it could be his son yeah like that freaked me out the most out of the whole trailer definitely <laughs> i think it's just a cg kid i i, I wouldn't doubt it we're, we're that we're at that we're to that way we've seen cg uh, leia in rogue one we've seen yep. young robert downey jr young robert downey jr <laughs> uh I mean, it, it's gotten to that point where they can make up CG people. Maybe yeah. it's the same guy, and they just de-aged him to the point where he looks like the same toddler. Yes, yeah, they just had him walk around on his knees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so what is it? I mean, what, how do you feel about Jeremy Clark as as the father? I don't mind it. Or is um, it Jeremy or Jason? I don't remember. I think it's Jeremy. I think it's Jeremy as well. Um, I don't mind it. Um, I mean, I... Pretty much most of the cast of the original, except for Fred Gwynn, I think, what's her name, Diane Crosby, whatever, the, right. the wife. Yeah, yeah. I knew her from, like, Star Trek The Next Generation, mm. and Fred Gwynn from The Munsters, and that was it. Like, there was no real star power in there. I remember, I know the the father from the original from the TV show Time Tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never even made that connection, yeah. So, like... For me, the cast is like the least important thing about the movie, to be completely honest. Okay. Uh, but I like John Lithgow in this. Uh, John Lithgow's he, amazing. Yeah. The way he narrates, uh, you know, my favorite line of the whole damn book is, you know, sometimes dead is better. Like, you nail that and you're going to have a good movie. I mean, and that's I the. He did it. That's the. Like, it's in big, bold letters on the poster that they released right before the trailer. Yeah, because dead is better. They know how to sell it. That's what's going to give it the, the big bucks. Daniel, have you seen the original uh, Pet Cemetery? I don't think I have. You've never seen the original? Have no. you? Do you watch a lot of Stephen King movies? Stephen King adapted movies? Uh, I think even now, no, I haven't. When I was a little kid, obviously, they're like, no, they're too scary for you. I mean, I saw the original It. Um, obviously, saw the remake of it. Um, I mean, I've seen the The Shining, but I think that's uh, the most. Oh, and I've seen Dream Capture, but yeah, other than that, that's all I've seen of Stephen King. Yeah, that that's gonna give you a bad impression of Stephen King movies. Then I like Dream Catcher. Dream Catcher is awful. Dream Catcher is not Dream awful. Dream Catcher is beyond it's, stupid. I, I say it's. Okay. I've never seen Dream Catcher. You've never seen my, it. My oh. fa- my favorite Stephen King based movie is Christine. Christine is amazing. Yeah. I think we're gonna have to do Green Dreamcatcher for this future unnamed <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that I I'm I all for the, doing Dreamcatcher. <laughs> Because I I would like to prove you wrong. I think that the movie has merit. 
Okay, sure. You want to you want to do talk about bad Stephen King movies? You 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 got to do uh, uh, the Green Goblin movie. Maximum Overdrive. Uh, Thank you, Maximum Overdrive. I have that on my. Phone. That, that one, one is bad. That, that one had potential. It's just that I, Stephen King thought, oh, I could do this better myself. He directed so he got him. Hopped yeah. up on cocaine and directed <laughs> it. And then you have that weirdness, but it had potential. It could have been a good movie. That is a bad movie. Little tangent. Speaking of someone who wrote their you know their story that's also wanting to direct it how do you feel about the spawn movie that's going to be made by i don't i really don't get what todd mcfarland is doing that i like that blumhouse is allowing him to make the movie the way he wants to make it but i don't get from what we've heard of the movie what like what he's trying to do because he from the sounds of it well we know that jamie fox is going to be playing al simmons and he's going to be spawn but they he wants Spawn to be the equivalent of Jaws and only be like fifteen minutes of the movie, like shadows, and then all of a sudden you know fifteen minutes he he's in and out and stuff like that. So cast a no name or something. Exactly. Why would you need? I mean, unless you're planning on doing sequels and Jamie Foxx is going to play Spawn later on, but then what's the movie going to be about? I don't know. Or you know, cast Michael Jai White again. He's the same age yes. as Jamie Foxx. I, I I'm all for that. I think Michael Jai White's is a is a beast. Yeah. He's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and like Black Dynamite's one of my favorite movies. And Black Dynamite is amazing. Dynamite, Dynamite. Well, how do you feel? I mean, how do you feel about the the, the the Spawn movie? I'm happy that they're coming, that they're making another Spawn movie, but I don't know. I just it's one of those things that you have to wait to see. Honestly, like to me, comic books in the '90s were a very weird place. Yeah. Uh, everything comic Blade book. Blade was awesome, though. Blade was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like, but Blade existed before the nineties. Like, yeah. his comic book version was around what the seventies. Yeah. So, Spawn was created in the nineties, and the yeah. comic books that were created in the nineties. I mean, look. I mean, even the comic books that existed in the nineties were, were. Oh, everything had to be dark. Everything had to be gritty. It had to be, it had to be chains and leather everywhere. Like. For whatever reason, the Spawn HBO show, the cartoon was amazing. Though. That was a great cartoon, but it was based like basically shot for shot of the comic, right? And and I think that, I mean, it played itself out well as a serialized sh- show, mm-hmm. but as a movie, I mean, look what we got. We get, yeah. we got the Michael J. White movie, which isn't all that bad, but it's not good. And you had Keith David as the voice of Spawn. <laughs> well, yeah, which amazing. sells everything. <laughs> Uh, did you guys have an opinion on Spawn? I hope they include Angela. Is she even still in the Spawnverse? Or? I think she got traded to DC. No, she's in Marvel, isn't she? Is it Marvel? Like Asgardian now. Oh, that's right. She is an Asgardian. Or an Asgardian or a Guardian. Or Valkyrie or something. Something like that. She, so they wouldn't be able to use her now? Like, she's technically not. I honestly don't know. I don't know if she's a, a creator owned or not. Hmm. So, I mean, but... Really, of all the Spawn universe stuff, did you just want to make sure that they have Angela? Well, particularly Party Angela. Okay. <laughs> all right. As we get to know from what you have to say about this movie <laughs> that we're going to be talking about, about the room. I'm a simple man with simple tastes. <laughs> yep. That is true. <laughs> Daniel, do you, do you remember the... Did you ever see the old Spawn cartoon? Uh, not the cartoon. Did you see the old Spawn movie? Yeah, with Michael J. White. Okay. Campy as hell. There was boning in that cartoon. Was there? There was a lot of boning in that cartoon. There was child molestation in that cartoon. 
it was, oh, it was HBO, bad. Right? The ice cream HBO cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it was an HBO cartoon. Yeah. I mean, it was appropriate. It was, I mean, not appropriate, but it was at the appropriate place. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Whenever it gets made, I'll I'll be there to watch it. We'll see, we'll see if it looks good. Yeah. For actually, the most recent news about it is that I guess um, Blumhouse has finally kind of been like, hey, we don't quite understand what you're doing, and like they're. And and Todd McFarlane, I guess at New York City Comic Con, was like, he's having trouble like explaining to them what Spawn's supposed to look like, which I don't understand that. Like, they have a shit ton of reference. Yeah, material. there's lots of reference material, and he's the artist who created it. You yeah. think you'd be able to just be like, this is what he's supposed to look like? Maybe Spawn's gonna be an abstract. Just I think that's what it's supposed to be. I think the the whole boogeyman aspect of it is is what's throwing everybody. So. Didn't he say he wanted it to be kind of like a horror movie more than anything, just deal on like the whole horror aspect? Yeah, like the, your superhero is supposed to be the boogeyman, the horror thing. So like that's, and I think that's what like he's saying is supposed to be abstract, like shadows and stuff like that, as opposed to seeing Spawn as a f- solid figure kind of thing. So I think that's why he's having troubles with them making the new costume or whatever. Can't so. they just CG the whole thing? I mean... Yeah, but you still someone still has to design it. That's true. Yeah, so I don't know. Don't don't ask me. Uh, ask Ask Todd McFarlane. Apparently, he's very vocal on his social media. To the twitters. To the twitterers. I think he's go. more more on his Facebook than uh, anything he else. He does live streams all the time on his Facebook. Yeah, wow. like he did the. Did anybody see when he did the the redrawing of uh, Venom with when Venom? they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was he like just kind of he's like I have no problem with what they lo- how Venom looks in the movie, but this is how I drew him when I did draw when yeah, I created he him. Changed just a very subtly, but it it, it was great. Yeah, it was and, pretty cool. And he has a Batman design on there too. Like he, oh really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, so speaking of Marvel characters, uh, big news with Marvel Dis or I guess Disney. Uh, Fox, that deal officially goes into transaction January 1st, 2019. My big thing about this is in just about every news, quote unquote news outlet is reporting that there's no way that Avengers 4 could include any of the Fox characters. I say that they could. Not like as a solid character, but more as a reference to or like a, a post-credit scene or something like something like what you saw at the end of infinity war where you see the beeper and the captain marvel symbol comes on like i could see something like a stretchy hand coming out of a portal somewhere or at least use the term mutant once. or use the term mutant like literally they, they they they're doing reshoots right now why couldn't they shoot something like that right now yeah i mean if they could shoot it right now it's not going to be released till next year and that'll be the deal will be done yeah, I mean, they say the deal won't be done until like halfway through the year, but it's it's there. They know it. It's it's their stuff. What's the name of the uh, the Marvel equivalent of the Phantom Zone that they have something called the Negative Zone? The Negative Zone yeah. isn't that something that the Fantastic Four usually deal with a lot? Yes, the 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 Fantastic Four usually in the Negative Zone. Reed Richards discovered it and and named it the Negative Zone. We already have the quantum verse in the MCU, yeah, which I, I really they felt link those somehow. Yeah, I really felt in Ant Man and the Wasp, like they set it up to the point where because she even says at some point it will change you in there, like things in there change you. Now that gets paid off later in the movie when they she uses her powers to save the save Ghost, like putting her back together. But like 
I you can tell that they're put they're putting it out there that hey this could be the thing that changes the Fantastic Four. Real quick too, just gonna side to that sequence of the of Ant Man and the Wasp. Somebody uh, did one of my favorite things, which is they sync up various different footage from different things that all kind of line up. And um, I, one of the best examples of this is in Lost when they take the different points of view characters uh, from like the plane crash. Um, and it shows what everybody's doing at the exact same time and how they overlap every now and then. Like sometimes you'll see each other in, you know, in different in scenes or whatever. In the background of a yeah. Team, yeah. So somebody did that with the uh, the snap in Infinity War uh, or you know the few seconds leading up to it also tied in with um, the was it end credit sequence no the mid credit sequence of Ant-Man and the Wasp and how uh, approximately a few seconds after the snap happens and people start evaporating uh, that's when of course you know Ant-Man or uh, Scott Lang gets stuck in there because all of his other Helpers, uh, you know, Hank Pym and uh, Janet, Janet Van, Van Dyne and uh, so on, also disappear. Well, they also correlate that once the people start evaporating, that the inside of the quantum verse really changes drastically, and that um, there's all these floating orange balls that look very reminiscent to uh, Vormir. So they're saying, oh, really? maybe all of these are souls that are now going into the quantum verse from the snap i would have to go back and rewatch because i don't remember the floating balls yeah i'll send you that link to that video that like syncs it all up it looks really interesting Mm -hmm. send it to me too (laughs) (laughs) um but if if they were to throw in a nod to one of the fox owned marvel characters what would you like to see in infinity war 2 or avengers 4 not wolverine no, I don't want to see Wolverine either. I, we've had eight movies about Wolverine. Silver Nine Surfer. movies about Wolverine. Huh? Silver Surfer. You'd love to see the Silver Surfer? Yeah. Okay. Daniel? I can't think of anything right now. You can't think of any character. No. You, all the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, Galactus. Deadpool. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say Nova, but I was like, oh, wait, no, they already have They him, already so, have Nova. So that wouldn't work for me. Uh pass okay anybody more specific other than not wolverine uh nightcrawler nightcrawler you love to see Nightcrawler. yeah i mean i think the the ability to teleport would come in pretty handy at that point Definitely. in the movie and he was he was one of my favorites growing up as yeah kid, so. i mean you already have dr strange that can kind of do that with portals though yeah but yet he couldn't get them back home this is true right maybe he was too far yeah well i mean is, is there a nice limit to have like a limit or something why would why would the doctor strange thing have a limit like he went all the way from wherever the sanctuary was to the top of mount everest i mean that's a pretty far distance still on earth though yeah still on earth maybe it still operates within this it's technically he's not even going through he's going through another dimension so it's not like you're opening a doorway and then walking in and then walking out the other doorway yeah but i don't think nightcrawler's powers are that Oh no, Nightcrawler couldn't do it. Yeah. No, he could only no. teleport where he could see. Yeah, plus he can only go like like five miles at at the most. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh I think I would I, I would love to see some Fantastic Four. Like I think the Fantastic Four showing up at some like you literally need Reed Richards to to solve this problem uh, that is Thanos, I feel like. Yeah. In the in the in the in the Infinity Gems. Do you 
do you guys take any credence to like there's going to be a massive time jump by the time we get to the the next movie avengers 4 that's what i've been hearing i hear that stark is going to be kind of a broken man kind of disappointed with how everything turned out um and i think also there's supposed to be some kind of near dystopian government in place now because of the massive loss of life and how they had to do all these emergency practices to kind of get everything back on track so there's like much more surveillance state stuff going on and um yeah it's definitely kind of like leading towards the wrong end of a authoritarian government system all over the world is it either one of you have any predictions no not at all i have nothing you try not to try not to i want to go into it with a clear mind yeah same here. Same. I, the the biggest question I have is just how no uh, Nebula and Stark are getting off that that planet. Yeah, that's good. That's a good question. Well, they still have uh, the Milano. Like that one was. That's wrecked. true. Well, it wasn't the I Milano. It was scrapped, no, it wasn't scrapped. It, it, the 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 plane that they 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 were on in, in the guarding the or the ship. They, I guess they've come out and said that it wasn't the Milano. That's why it looked different when they were in it. It's bigger. Oh, they were in a new ship. Well, that, yeah. either way, though, that one wasn't damaged. Right. right. It should. It should yeah, still be there still somewhere. Be there. Yeah, wherever Star Lord and the rest of the Guardians parked it. So Rocket was still alive, right? But he Rocket's on Earth. Yeah, no, he's so on Earth. Nebula yeah, would be Wakanda. able to pilot it, I'm sure. Yeah, but was she? She wasn't in the in the ship with them, so she wouldn't know where the ship was. Well, I'm sure they'll find it. Okay, it's probably laying around there somewhere. All right. Um. Uh, what was uh, uh I was gonna oh does anybody have a speculation at least on the title because that's been going around a lot I've heard a bunch of things it could be called the last Avenger that's that's the one that that Ruffalo quote unquote said on the on the right. the late night show right uh but because you know him and Holland you know tend to spoil everything maybe they gave him a fake a fake title well yeah they, they i think they've already came out and said that that was all just a joke but because avengers reassemble G- G- avengers reassemble i mean i think the the other one is annihilation that's a big could possibly be it which lends credence because it's uh there is a annihilation crossover event in the marvel comic books um what was it was in game i think a lot of people were throwing out there because it's it, you know, you got Doctor Strange saying in game in the in it, literally in the movie. Did anybody get anything from the the picture that the Russos put out? No. Proton no. cannon. Proton. That's right. We already talked about your your proton cannon theory. There's going to be a proton cannon. I have a very good feeling about this. <laughs> it's just going to be called Avengers. Watch more machine use the proton cannon. Yeah, I <laughs> think it's going to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think it's going to hook up with Rocket. They're going to exchange tips on weaponry. <laughs> I want to see, yeah, I want to see Rocket and Tony Stark just sit there and 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 invent things together. That would be insane. It'd be great. Yeah. yeah. What were or, you saying? Or they could just not even title it anything. Just call it Avengers Four. I mean, that would be fine. But they already hyped it up so much that they yeah, have that to name it something. Yeah, that's true. Avengers disassembled. Disassembled. I, I think disassembled was a great. I think I still think Secret Invasions would be good. I think because I think. After Captain Marvel comes out and we're going to have the scrolls entered into the universe, it's going to be, you're going to find out that a, a lot of people were scrolls throughout all these movies so far. Oh, what if they combine it with Secret Wars and then like the Beyonder comes and... Like, Played by Mark Hamill, right? Sure. <laughs> and then just puts everyone together on a planet, including Thanos and 
that's how you can combine Fantastic Four and X-Men and Tom Holland can get the black suit Spider-Man. Because Tom Hardy's going to be there. Yeah, they could just retcon it. Yeah, Blood Man be. and Chronic. Blood <laughs> Man and Chronic going to show up too? Sure, at this point. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a I, I, I'm just excited about the movie, and I know that we got a lot of time before it comes out. So uh, was there any news, geek news things that you, the two of you saw this week that you'd want to talk about? I saw uh, some footage of Far From Home. Uh, okay. He's got a black and red suit. Right. And they're saying it's possibly a a nod to Steve Ditko mm-hmm. because when he first drew Spider-Man, he was he meant him to be red and black, but the blue were just supposed to be highlights, but then he ended up just drawing more and more blue. <laughs> so Spider-Man became red and blue. So I I thought that was pretty cool. I think it looks awesome. I I I'm, I'm I think it's okay, it's okay looking. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Zendaya though, so. Okay. I think the because you know you got the Miles Morales suit is black and black and red, mm-hmm. uh, the Superior Spider Man suit which was Doc Ock yeah. was black and red. So there's definitely lots for them to pull from for it, and I, I didn't know that little nod about uh, Steve Ditko, so that's interesting. But uh, I, I don't because he also they've also released or they didn't release, but that one picture of a like very black looking suit came out yeah. and people were saying that's the noir suit and i'm like but why why are these other suits showing up if he's supposed to be in europe yeah it doesn't make sense okay. the world may never know did you guys have a uh, have any anything any input on a black and red suit maybe it's like going into stealth mode uh, well i mean it could possibly do it i mean if it's uh, the one of the suits that tony stark made for him that's it I don't see him getting suits from anywhere else, honestly. <laughs> well, he should be making his own suits. That's the thing about Peter Parker. True. But did he like weave his own like spider web into like a silk and then turn that into fabric? You like, know, I I don't. I honestly don't know how he made the original suit in the, in the comic books. I assume he just sewed it together himself so out that, of fabric. That's, that's super lame. He's just walking around in the onesie. <laughs> it makes more sense that it's like some like tech infused, you know awesome suit does it yes okay with dilating pupils that actually correlate to how he was drawn anyway as opposed to just static lenses (laughs) yeah like that he can give you like a little wink or something that's pretty cool yes but in the movie they set up the fact that the reason why they dilate is it's because he it's a the light affects his eyes now if he's giving a wink that has absolutely nothing to do with anything (laughs) no but see if it's if it can read the expression on his face you know, it senses, oh, he's squinting his eyes, therefore we need to dilate these, you know, irises. And therefore, if he does just one, like a yeah. wink, then it would make sense that it would follow suit on the mask. It's basically just reflecting how he's actually behaving. That, that, that serves no purpose. Why would you need a mask that, that emotes what you're doing on your face? Because it's practical. It's not practical. It's not like he's having conversations if with these. Sp- it's supposed to be used to fight bad guys but if you squint don't you want your eye resist on the mask to squint also because it means no. you need to have less light come in there then it once once the the irises on the mask close and squint your eyes would open because there's no more light coming in thus then creating thing to open up again you see it's not practical you got it all wrong Mitch. no you need either one or the other to do it not both okay i think i'm right <laughs> daniel Yes. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about? 
Uh, the preview for Dragon Ball Super looks amazing. Okay, I don't know anything for about Dragon movie. Ball. That, that's all I'm just saying. The, the animation looks amazing, and I'm excited for the movie. That's all I'm going to say. Let me guess. They kill Yamcha. Like a million times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, anything in particular that you saw in the preview, other than just the animation itself? Uh, we get a first look at Goku's mom, which is the first time that... If you don't read the manga, it's like a first time you ever first see time her, in like thirty a, years, yeah. Like main main screen, ever. So that's exciting. As, I mean, as a big fan, that's pretty awesome to see. Okay. And, and again, just beautiful animation. I would imagine she looks like Brawly with breasts. <laughs> eh, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> None of this means anything to me. Same here. Yeah. I know nothing, <laughs> nothing about Dragon Ball. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that's uh, all, all we're going to spend time on for Geek News this week. Let's get right into this movie. This awesomely terrible movie. movie. <laughs> the Room, made 2003, became famous literally because people in Hollywood would talk about this movie to each other. And then it made its way onto the internet and the rest of the world got to watch it and either laugh or cringe or just both yeah runaway in horror what i mean what was what were you what was your first reaction the first time you ever watched it aaron first time i saw the movie i knew what it was not what it was about because no one still knows what it's about no no one knows uh going into it the first time uh but i knew that it was like supposed to be one of the worst movie best worst movies ever made kind of thing so it's like I up there in, with plan nine from outer space yeah kind of thing. birdemic and stuff and so birdemic. uh i went into it just knowing that it's going to be very cringy and ridiculous so and that that made me like it even more i kept i rewound it so many times just cracking up about mm-hmm. stupid reactions and the dialogue and stuff it's stupid <laughs> but i love it daniel um, only reason I heard about it is because my girlfriend heard that, um, uh, James Franco was, uh, working on the disaster artist. So she said, let's watch the room. So she got me to buy the movie. Um, uh, I had a couple of people come over. Uh, some of the people that I invited had never seen it, but they've heard things. I said, either, you know, watch it under the influence. So I got a couple of beers, you know, we, and so we all had a couple of drinks and watched the movie and was laughing the entire time so you just recently watched it then if you just watched it because uh james franco was making the disaster artist right i think i think i actually i think i saw it last fall and uh john what was the first thing that you thought when you were watching the movie for the first time uh well first time i watched it i feel like i already knew everything about it um i had heard how bad it was i had watched or listened to the how did this get made podcast where they talk about it in detail including they had greg sestero one of the co uh stars and the co-author of the book the disaster artist on there talking about it wait who's the author if he's the co-author uh some other dude helped him with it like he didn't do it by himself like but he had ghost like, read it yeah he had a much more experienced author kind of help him shape it out apparently um so i feel like i knew everything about it except I never actually saw it until about maybe a year and a half to two years ago. I was rapidly, I was going through YouTube, and I saw that it was on there, like the whole thing. 
Um, it was slightly shifted so that they could kind of evade the whole like copyright infringement or whatever. I really don't feel like that really like <laughs> evades any copyright infringement. Well, it makes everything just slightly off center, which, right. which I thought that's just how the movie was shot, given everything else I knew about it. Well, that I mean, was... we just watched a legit copy of it, and I feel like it was all kind of just off center, anyways. <laughs> I mean, the copy of it was legit. <laughs> what it was copied from. Yes. Somebody somewhere paid for one version of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I watched it and I was like, yep, that was exactly what I thought. Like, it was just really interesting. I guess I just, I really like more the content that's come out since then about the movie than the movie itself. I love the disaster artist. I love the how did this get made, the cinema sins that covers it, the honest trailer that covers it. There's I didn't just, know there was an honest trailer. Oh yeah, it's it's great. Oh, I gotta watch it. It, now. it covers all the good stuff about it. I would even go so far as to say watch the honest trailer commentaries for it too, because they go into even more detail about just the making of the honest trailer for this thing, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, I eventually watched it, fully knowing what I was getting into, and realizing, yep, that's a thing, and I still think its greatest thing that it's got going for it is that I genuinely feel like I could make a movie myself because there's no way it could be any worse than this. So this is your Kevin Smith moment watching Slacker and you're like, I can make a movie like this. Exactly right. right. Okay. I could make better like sensual music. I could probably do better line delivery. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think there's no way. I, I would have to try my hardest to come close to doing it like they do on purpose and still not be able to. So I would say my I, I, I sounds like I was the last one to have ever seen this movie because I only watched it for the first time earlier this year. And uh, it was just, you know, with everything going on and I think it's hitting its peak of notoriety. You know, the everybody's talking about it right right before the disaster artist I watched it just so I knew what I was going into going to see the disaster artist. And I mean I'm glad I didn't watch it by myself. I was watching it with friends who had already seen it. So you can sit there and just be like, what is going on? And you can, you can see the reactions as they, or you can see their faces as you're reacting. So it's just like, you know, more stuff is coming and it's just, it's all going to go belly up quick. So, um, I think, I mean, obviously one of the biggest things that makes this movie such a pop culture phenomenon uh is or even an urban legend is all the stories that come about from how this movie got made how how uh tommy wiseau financed the movie uh do you want to give give a little bit of information on that john well there's a lot of mystery involved but tommy is some sort of millionaire and there's no real indication how he got that way. Mm -hmm. He'll give vague stories here and there about how he sells coats or pants or something. Um, but, I mean, he financed the movie himself, and it's reportedly in the $6 million range. So, I mean, that's a lot of money to be making from selling coats or pants or any article of clothing, really, unless you're doing some weird black market stuff. Um, and... Yeah, Tommy Wiseau is just a really weird, enigmatic, mysterious figure that uh, you know doesn't like to reveal his age, where he's from. He'll just tell you he's vaguely from New Orleans, <laughs> which would explain his slightly French accent, I guess. Sure. 
some it sounds like Eastern European to me. It's it's really bizarre. Like Transylvanian most likely. <laughs> it looks a little bit like a vampire. Just bizarre old man body with muscles, I guess. Right? He's got the old Jack Lemaine body going yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem to know how real humans interact because his version of lovemaking and uh, just hanging out with the guys is both very unusual and also like very stereotypical <laughs> like oh yeah guys hang out and just toss a football to each other it's like he read a pamphlet on how american yeah <laughs> it's like it's like the, the 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 stories of like would you hear like maybe what north korea shows what americans are kind of thing to their people and it's just like oh well this is how americans act and yeah um with the with the tommy wiseau himself you know what do you think drove him to make this movie? I mean, if you can believe what you read in the Disaster Artist book and watching the movie, like obviously he's just super frustrated with the fact that he's not getting the the roles that he wants as he's trying to be an actor and stuff. But like, what what pushes him through to write that whole script? Well, somebody heard him somewhere <laughs> down the line, right? Probably named somebody named Lisa. <laughs> yeah. And he just decided to take out all of his anger and frustration on this this one person or multiple people that he's combining into one character and just make her look like the worst person alive. Because <laughs> that is just a wretched, wretched character. Yeah, I mean, it, she is written in a way that it, it feels like he has something to say. He has a view on women and especially a certain type of woman. And and he needs the rest of the world to see that, and, and or at least that's how he sees he, he sees it, the world seeing women. And not only that, but he portrays himself like just the bestest guy ever. Yes, like essentially Johnny America is like what he is, just <laughs> good old fashioned, you know, football playing, tuxedo wearing, banker, I guess. Yeah, that uh, it's just like the nicest guy. He does all kinds of charitable things. Orphan Everybody someone, yeah. <laughs> Wants to adopt an adult. You know, and I also feel like like the occupation of banker, like that's something from like movies in the 50s, in the 60s, you know, it's just like, oh. It's this a wonderful g- life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like this guy is the manager of the bank or something, so he has a lot of money. But like nowadays, when someone says, oh, that person's a banker, I'm like, oh, he works like as a teller? Like he works behind the counter kind of thing? Like I don't, would, I mean, I think now you. He feels you, ATMs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more like you should say you're, he's, in, he's in the stock market or he's a broker or something like that. Like, yeah. That that's a, a vague enough occupation that you can be. That person could have a lot of money, or money problems could befall them instantly because that's what you know. The stock market is all fickle and stuff like that. So it's 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 weird because you've seen. I mean, everybody's seen the the. You're driving me crazy, Lisa. Or yeah. that that Tear part. Me right? apart. Tear me apart, Lisa. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, and then you cut to. James Dean saying you're tearing me apart like his scene from Rebel Without a Cause like it's like he's taking stuff from the movies that he loved or whatever yeah and he does that on purpose because he like idolized James Dean which so. is funny because James Franco played James Dean yeah <laughs> that's the first time I ever saw James Franco in a movie right yeah that was it uh, Too Young to Die or I forget what the name of the movie was Live Fast Live Fast Die Young I, I think it might be something like that I don't know there was another movie where James Franco just had like a really small part in it 
it took place in like the 50s in um, like New York and it was very kind of um, what's the one gold uh, your golden pointy boy which one's that one oh uh, outsiders. outsiders outsiders yeah it was very much like that with like a couple of you know rival gangs and whatever five, oh, Bulk it's, was uh, it? five aces is that what it was five aces I think it's it's something like that yeah it's yeah and I remember that he was in it and the only part I can remember of him being in it is he's in the background somebody says okay we're leaving now and he just kind of like a peace sign thing like goodbye and I was like wait that's James Franco and he looks just like James Dean because it's like a period piece for the 50s right but I don't even think he had a line in the movie and he was probably like the biggest star at the time so in that thing. I remember that movie. That movie that you're specifically talking about came out the same weekend as I want to say Spider-Man came out. The first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, which would also have James Franco in it. Yeah, that's right. That would have been I 2001. Don't think James Franco was big until he, until um, Spider-Man came out. Yeah, he was he was in Freaks and Geeks, Geeks. but. I wouldn't say that he was a big star yet. Yeah, he was a rising star. Well, like I said, like he was probably the biggest one that I remember from that movie. Okay. Other than Firuza Balk, I literally can't name anyone else that was in it. And I don't remember her because her name's so weird. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And plus because she was pretty hot in the craft. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Did you know that James Franco has 151 credits in IMDb? I did not, but I'm not surprised. He he shows up in a lot of things, and then he, he's in in the last what eight years of his career. He's very diverse. Like yeah, look at Homefront with Jason Statham. He plays the bad guy. Look at uh when he was going when he was Spring what, Breakers was it? Spring Breakers. Yeah, when he was in um NYC. Like in the last decade, he was doing General Hospital episodes. Like he's. He's very. He's in a lot. Of, he's in the Deuce right now on HBO, but he's also making his own movies. He just shows up in. He's in like Future World and uh, uh, what was uh something else that he showed up like just briefly that I watched recently. I can't remember what it was, but it's not a big deal. But yeah, James Franco. Yeah, I went to see what um, he was talking about about the thing that he saw him in, you know, before Spider Man or whatever, and I had to scroll <laughs> like so <Jesus>. far. <laughs> Oh, and the James Dean movie is just called James Dean. It was, it was? It was made for TNT. Yeah, I remember it was made for yeah. TNT, yeah. Um, so when when you see the disaster artist and you see how much uh, Tommy spins on making this movie just because he has an idea in his head of what a big Hollywood movie is supposed to be, like you, you understand that that mo- the the budget for that movie didn't need to be as large as it ended up being. Like the green screen didn't need to happen. They didn't need to buy two completely separate types of like filming gear. That yeah, don't go together. You don't need to make a a set for something that looks like you can just find outside the you alley, know, the al- the alleyway. So I heard it was a money laundering thing, or which is very possible because I remember listening to a podcast. Uh, I want to say it was Kevin Pollock's podcast where they talked about not specifically this movie, but another movie that this guy was working on, and he wanted he, like they had gotten so far in production, and it he found out that it was just a money laundering scheme for some some mob, and uh, 
then they never let him finish the movie because they don't want you to finish the movie. Right. Like it's it's like it would hurt them if you finish the movie. The money the money just needs to be laundered, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's it's a possibility. I mean, I've heard something similar about like high end art also being for money laundering purposes. That there's no reason why. You know Jackson Pollock paintings. Well, yeah, it should be that much. The the amount the amount of money that it's that they say paint or yeah paintings are worth is arbitrary. It's it's a it's a number that someone just comes up with. Like it it, me, it makes absolutely no difference. And this ties around back to James Franco because he apparently is real big in the art scene as well. So you're saying James Franco is money laundering for people? He might just know things. Okay. Him and Jason Bateman. Yeah. Why Bateman? Money laundering because he's in that show. Ozark. Oh, because Ozark. <laughs> Which just got renewed for a third season. Hell yeah. Yes. Nah, I thought that first season was boring. I so have you seen the second boring. season? I did not want to watch the second season because the first season was boring. Could say the same thing about uh, Iron Fist. Oh. I would that say that the Iron Fist first season was not boring. It was just bad. Yeah, it was. It was both. To me, it had more potential though. So, But it's okay. Third season, They're not doing the third that season of Iron Fist. That got canceled today. That sucks. So, Or it got canceled on Friday. Uh... That's, but that's neither. Does it have anything to do with the Disney starting their own streaming thing? I I, I don't know. I, I'm really wondering about that because it really feels like the Netflix uh, shows are all the Netflix Marvel shows are all being like uh, sped through right now. Like they're they're trying to make those shows as fast as they can because they're going to be getting taken away. Right. So uh, so either way, I don't know. Uh, but getting back to the room. <laughs> Why is it called The Room? Anybody at all? I think only Tommy knows. <laughs> it takes place in rooms. Many rooms and then outside. And then outdoors as well. <laughs> Do you think it's because he, uh, how the movie ends where he kills himself in his bedroom? Nah. No? Don't you don't think, think so. it had anything to do with that? I don't think so at all, no. Because that's just the bedroom. Right, but I they know. don't even so spend that much time in there. Well, I mean, you have two sex scenes in there, and then an almost three-way with uh, what almost looks like a child. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there. I would assume to Tommy that 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 room, the bedroom specifically, is very important to him. The way he portrays the relationship between Johnny and Lisa. Well, if you go so far as to have like a canopy and the like curtains on your bed, yeah, there's you're putting a lot of importance where you sleep. Mm-hmm. Do you think does, does anybody know if this movie was shot linearly? I heard it was. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, no, it's just what I heard. <laughs> no clue. Do you, do because I, I feel like a lot of the stuff is out of order. Like I feel like they they constantly are jumping around from day to night, and then all of a sudden it's a hey, last night I was Johnny hit me kind of thing well i mean if you look at um uh greg sestero's beard right once he shaves it off it stays off the rest of the movie it does stay off the rest of the movie you're right and and it doesn't look like the stuff in the beginning of the movie any of that is a fake beard right so it it, it it's very much at least Although, that part is linear he had a huge budget could have <laughs> been one hell of a fake beard <laughs> Maybe it's it's a lot easier to put a beard on than take one off I digitally, guess. right? Yeah. Just like we saw in Justice League. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, I saw that some fans were able to do it 
like on their home computers much more convincingly than one of the deep fakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that was also a still picture, still picture instead of a moving picture. No, I think there was a few that were like actual scenes just really? to show that it could be done. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I I don't know what what's something else that someone else wants to talk about with this movie. Uh, Chris R is probably the best actor in this movie. Chris R, <laughs> you just uh, the the way he emotes his anger, it, yeah. just, it just gets you through this movie. I find that scene hilarious too. It's I wanted one. him to shoot Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you watch it, you're like, is this is this gonna be the time when he shoots him? This could be the time. So I think watching this 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 second time, I I came up and I said this while we were watching is that I think that scene is literally put into the movie just so that. Tommy has a or Johnny has a gun later on in the final scene to shoot himself with. That makes sense. Like, he, but he probably like, I th- he probably wrote the movie, and then was like, "Oh, where do I get the gun?" Ha ha ha! And then <laughs> went back some pages and then just like wrote that scene in there, and then was like, "Oh, I got it." Yeah. Or maybe you know Chris R was just supposed to beat the the shit out of him and was like. Oh, how about we give him a gun and I can use that gun later? That good. That's a good idea too. Or what if it was completely unrelated and but that's the only gun prop they had, and therefore they just reused it because like who's gonna notice? <laughs> I mean, that's a possibility too. That's a very good possibility. <laughs> but and I because I really don't feel like he would have the forethought to 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 write that scene in to put a Chekhov's gun in the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. why I think that he got to the very end where he shoots himself and was like, oh, where am I going to get a gun? So then he went back and probably added a page to the script. <laughs> I mean, that scene does look like it was completely unrelated to anything else in the movie anyway. You can completely just take out that scene. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You, it doesn't affect anything else. However, you did bring up a very convincing point earlier when since Mark, uh, Mark is smoking on the roof. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, why do you smoke that stuff, man? And... You know, the whole purpose of that scene is like, where's my money? I'll be here in five minutes, man. Don't kick my ass. Just wait. (laughs) Yeah, so we came up with this theory that uh, there's actually some much more intelligent plot going on than uh, what is on the surface level, which is that, I guess, uh, Denny was sort of like the in-between for Mark and the drug dealer. Chris Chris R. R. Yeah, and therefore, that's why later you see Mark, you know, token up in in the roof and acting very hostile to their friend the psychologist i just think it's funny that his name is chris r and they and like he's like oh hey what's up chris r like there's like there's another chris around like hey i'm I'm gonna go to mitch p's house tonight to record podcast i'm gonna start saying that from now on (laughs) (laughs) that that is that is very soon it makes so i guess that brings me to another point like do you think that there's any of this movie that is on the cutting room floor no no, do you think everything that was shot was used? If it was up to Tommy, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it was his baby. I'm even sure that they went back, like those scenes where they're obviously shooting on location in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They went back just to add more stuff into the movie. So you think maybe the, like those scenes where they're throwing a football around in an actual park are used for padding? It's, it's yeah. just to pad the timeout. Because, yes, there are a lot of scenes. And we even talked about like the scene in the in the coffee shop when people were ordering stuff like... It's unnecessarily long. Unnecessary. It has no point whatsoever. You just need an establishing shot and maybe one or two seconds of somebody walking walking away from the counter and then watching Mark and See, Johnny you already walking. sound like you're a better movie director than Tommy Wiseau. Oh, he knew that he's a better movie director than Tommy Wiseau. I mean, well, I have 
won some awards. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you, do, does anybody sit there and, I mean, obviously Greg read the script. Yeah. Does anybody sit there and be like, hey, what exactly are you doing? Or does everybody just accept it because it's work? I think they just went along with it because they were getting paid. Yeah? Yeah. That's, that's a lot of crew people in Hollywood, I hear. It's just a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. They're happy they got a part. They're like, holy crap. I'm in L.A. or San Francisco or whatever, yeah, and I look, got a part in a movie. Look look at all these other, all the actors that are in this movie. Not one of them, other than Tommy and, and Greg, have done anything else. Like, have you seen any of these actors in anything before? No. Or since? Um, so when I saw the screening of uh, The Room at the Film Bar, um, the guy that plays Denny, he mm. said that the one that's actually been the most successful and has had stable work um, is uh, Lisa's best friend. Okay. Yeah, so she's actually like currently on a TV series right now. Um, Good because, for her. That's awesome. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> if you could pull yourself out of the black hole that is the room... That's that's amazing. Yeah, and um, I guess he's doing like a lot of uh, behind the scenes and a lot of documentary stuff about uh, the room on his um, YouTube series, mm-hmm. and she produces it. So she's been funding that whole project. So that's like, if she didn't make it big, she's like, I don't think I would have had the money to actually fund this project. So she's been helping me out because of all the projects she's getting out in LA. Hmm. So that's we have one person. That's interesting that she would you know care that much to to pay it back that way. Maybe because you know she hates the movie and it could you know almost killed her career. So what's what's his documentary docu series supposed to be about? I have to pull it up on the website, but it's literally interviewing uh, the cast and some of the um, uh, crew members that worked getting, on the movie. Yeah, talking about their now stories. is this, is this lo- so it's looking back, not so much like this is stuff that he had the forethought to sit there and, and ask them and interview them while they were making the movie. Right, it's got looking back on what it was, so kind of like his version of the disaster artist, if mm. you will. Okay. So, is there any parts, not so much that that got filmed that got left on the floor, but is there anything that was edited out the script? Do you think? I think there was supposed to be a vampire subplot. <laughs> so he 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 doesn't actually die at the end of that movie. Yeah, I think that's like not even the joke. I think legit Tommy Wiseau wasn't sure if he was going to be a vampire or not. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, so I think that was something. I heard something about a flying car, too. Yeah, something to that effect. It was supposed to have like a grease ending. I was going to say, like the end of grease, like flying car? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So these are all rumors that have gone around that the the original script called for things like this. Yeah, basically. I think only, honestly, I only think that this. I think the only things that are left on the cutting room floor were just the takes that they didn't use. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I think everything, every scene that they wanted to shoot uh, made it in the movie. <laughs> and they had doubles since they filmed it twice. Right. Right. <laughs> Why they, did they film it twice? Because they filmed digital video and, and digital video? at the same time. Or film and digital yeah, at film. the same time. I just assumed that both cameras were going. They were. They were. Okay. What? Well, they didn't film it twice. It's It's on two different cameras yeah yeah okay um the (laughs) while we were watching it this time around Aaron, you you pointed out your favorite scene which just happens to be the the flower scene picking up the flowers of the at the the flower shop oh yeah because they just they ate adr just (laughs) every bit of dialogue they could possibly fit into that 10 second scene (laughs) which again i think plays up to the part of like uh, uh, how, how much they did just to pad out this movie, and like, because I think any good editor would have been like, this 
scene does not need to be in the movie whatsoever. The dialogue doesn't make sense. You're, you're standing in front of her, and you're the only person that looks like Lurch crossed with a vampire. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I didn't recognize you. You didn't come in with a baseball hat on or anything. <laughs> He, he didn't have the, the MCU I'm in disguise exactly. <laughs> outfit on. Uh, I mean, that scene just plays out so horrendously from beginning to end. Like, he walks in, says hi, and she's like, hi. And he's like, what can I do for you? Oh, it's it's you. And it's just like like he has a weekly order that he comes up and picks yeah. up of Rose's. More How often does Lisa. he go in there to where she's like, oh, hey, Tommy, you're the, the usual? My best customer. Yeah, the usual. It's like, and then, hi, doggy. And then it's just everything. Yes, he even pets pets the dog in a way that, like, this is how the command in my robot program says that I'm supposed to touch a dog kind of thing. You know, interestingly enough, the way they deliver the lines to each other, it sounds almost as if Siri and Alexa were talking to each other. Nice. Oh, that's true. That's how it sounds. Very robotic and like monotone, where it's like, that's not how people talk in real life. <laughs> that's not how like, a business transaction of all goes down. The, all the actors that are in this movie and the, the ranging ranging ability of acting from all of them like her, sure the lady behind the counter at that place is the worst like I, I feel like it's her flower shop and he just came in one day he was like hey can i get you to say these lines so that we can film this movie and she's like sure which and that and that scene also is not even needed in the no, movie it's not if if he came home to lisa and he had flowers you're like oh cool he stopped at the flower shop and bought her some flowers <laughs> you don't need to show that no not at all like, yeah, you could totally sit there and just be like... People aren't stupid. <laughs> we know where, you, where flowers come. No one's going to be like, well, where did he get the flowers from? Holy shit, where did he get those? It doesn't make any sense. The last time we saw him, he was still in the bedroom. It's like, well, I don't... <laughs> Something fishy. <laughs> now, I do wonder why they always refer to each other as, oh, you're going to be my future wife. Or, yeah, future. He, Johnny's going to be your future I'm your husband. Future husband. Yeah, like they never they say have, fiance. Yeah, or, they have a word for that. It's I don't fiance. think he could spell it. That's why it wasn't in the script. <laughs> I feel like someone told him at one point, "Is like don't use the same word over and over." And like he had fiance in there, and instead of so like he just used the phrase, he over just and used over. the phrase over and over instead because he's like, "Well, it's not the one word I'm saying over and over." So it's like it's like you know when people write. Um, you know, good over good and over. or very. Yeah. So they, it's like you need to use other words to mean the same thing. And he just didn't know that there's other words for fiance. Because English is definitely a <laughs> thing. He would have been busted out like, oh, Lisa's my promised one. Like, she is my betrothed. You know, let's give him a thesaurus for Christmas. See if he's. Okay. Uh, we're. Talk about this movie for half an hour now. What's uh, what's some final thoughts? I mean, how many more times do you think you'll watch this movie, Aaron? Oh, I'm going to watch this movie as long as movies exist. Okay. Uh, I'm done seeing it, you know, <laughs> for this year. For this year? There's yeah. only three months left of this year. Well, you know, there you go. Okay. And I will probably keep watching this movie at least every, maybe once a year for Lisa. <laughs> For Lisa. <laughs> uh, I would say that unless it's a, a person who's never seen the movie, I will never watch this again. Like, unless it's like, hey, I've never seen this movie, The Room, that people talk about. I'm like, are, are you mean you mean Room with Brie Larson? I'll watch that with you. It's a pretty great movie. No, no. The Room. Tommy Wiseau. And I'll be like, oh. 
I'll watch it with you if you've never seen it. Because <laughs> but we're no longer friends. <laughs> <laughs> but we're no longer friends after this. That's right. It's like the first time someone does acid. It's good if they do it with someone that's already been through it so right. they can help you. That's right. You know, so they can, they the can guide them through. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can guide anybody through this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody gets lost. I, I think the best way is just something like, you know, Take something, take the edge off, you know, here, have a beer or two or, you know, a glass of wine, you know, just melt yourself out <laughs> and, you know, just hang on for the, you know, roller coaster. Just, just, just hold on for dear life. <laughs> Has anybody seen, uh, Greg and, and Tommy's new movie? Is it best friends? Best friends. It's best friends, but the R is in parentheses. So it's also best fiends, but it also says volume one. So no. apparently they're making another volume to it. I've I've heard of it, but I, is it already out? I didn't know. I, I believe mean, it's out on VOD. And I'll have to get it then. Okay, yeah. And, Maybe and the R is in parentheses it. because it's for Chris R. Oh, is this, <laughs> is this the untold story of Chris R and where he it's went and came from? It's all going to tie in together. Where Chris parentheses R. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that, that was like... Uh, one of the best parts of the disaster artist is Zac Efron playing Chris R. That was awesome. And then, isn't it at the the pier, premiere of the movie? And he's like, Josh Hutcherson's character is like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "It's Chris R. I played Chris R." He's like, "You don't look anything like." <laughs> Dude, I legit didn't even make that connection when I first saw the scene where he's just Chris R. Uh huh. I couldn't even tell that that was him. That was Zac, Ap- Zac yeah. Efron. And when it shows up later, I'm like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" <laughs> like, I felt like I got like I like a magic trick that you think is going to be lame, but actually is like really neat. I'm like, whoa, yeah, you got me. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So <laughs> this is uh, what you can expect. It's more stuff like this. If you, if you tune into our new video cast, which I, I think at this moment we're going to be calling is what did we just watch? And uh, more information and, and backstory. We'll try and do a little bit more research before we we, we uh, talk about these movies and give our spin on what we saw and what what uh, what we th- what we think went right and what went wrong. So look for that on our Geekly Radio uh, YouTube page in the future or Facebook page even. So anything? Uh, would you like to give out your social media, Aaron? I'm not really big on social media. Like I have, I have a Twitter just because I went to Comic Con and I was trying to get free stuff. <laughs> um, so like I post like maybe once a year, and it's usually one of those things. It's like, hey, repost this on Twitter, and you'll get entered in this contest, and you know whatever. So um, I do have a YouTube channel called Tube University. Um, haven't posted anything in like eight months because I'm a shitty YouTuber, <laughs> but I do plan on releasing, releasing some new ones soon on the Geekly Radio Facebook page. Okay. Daniel? Um, I'm still at Daniel on Twitter. John? And I'm still at Magic Bollocks. And I am at Mitchipedia on Twitter, and you can talk to the rest of the Geekly Radio on Twitter as at Geekly Radio on Twitter. Yep, I said Twitter way too many times. At Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and geekeliteradio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time for our 100th episode, this is the Geek Watch, oh, sorry, on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.